Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery. And with me tonight is my PNF brother from another mother, Mr. Jimmy Skinner. Welcome back uh, to the show, Jimmy. Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, man. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a little bit, yeah. Um, probably back when Ryan was still with me, wasn't it? I was just thinking, I don't even remember what, I don't know if it was the line show we did. I'm trying to think. It's been a minute. It, it has been a hot minute, man. So, well, Jimmy and I uh, got to spend a lot of time chilling out down at, uh, um dale hollow and uh when we got back he's like you know what we should do a, sh- a show on frogs and i was like that sounds like a great idea uh jimmy was talking up uh his frog fishing while we were down there saying sometime i gotta go visit him and he'll put me on a frog bite something fierce so oh it's yeah. definitely a bucket list thing for me because i don't have great frog fishing up here where i am i've heard some people have luck but uh i don't have a ton of luck with them i have a few places that i can go um the uh the camp that i counsel at has is about the only place i've ever had a real good frog bite and i think that's darn near anything will bite up there but uh hey take it how you can get it that's right uh i've uh that they're also much bigger fish up there so they swallow it easy you know you've seen those videos online on at least i have on facebook where the they just show it slow motion the frog just kind of hopping hopping and then it just is engulfed uh you know that's the kind of you know, blow-ups that you live for, but uh, either that's that or... my favorite kind. I, <laughs> I love the the one where it just like, whoop, and it's gone. 
Oh yeah. The water just sucks out from under it. Those are my yeah. favorite. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but I also love when a smallmouth knocks it like a foot in the air, you know. I hadn't had that happen yet. That is like frog smallmouth is like high on my list. Like really high on my list. <laughs> I've seen those river smallies, man, knock it just sky high, you know, and they get fully out of the water. It's crazy. Heck yeah. But um, so for those uninitiated in frog fishing or, or you know, looking to get into it, uh, I know there is there is an art to it. It's, it's not something necessarily that comes intuitively. Um, I know uh, I, it took me a, a long time to the, the number one thing I had trouble with is I kept I get so excited by the blow up that I would just yank it right away. And, oh, that it, that's probably the hardest thing to I mean, and I still do it. It's, it. I, if I'm paying attention, I, I've done it enough now. I can usually like do a quick count and then then hit them. But I'm always when I fish, I'm looking around for seeing swirls, stuff like that. When I hear it, that's when I freak out. I'll just yeah. hear it just yeah, when I'm not even looking, and you don't ever get those fish. I think I almost killed you with a spook one time when I freaked out over a uh, topwater blow up down the first time we were at Dale Hollow. Those are, uh, I think those are a little more dangerous than frogs. They, uh, <laughs> they're almost guaranteed to get you. Uh, I have a buddy that would probably argue with me on that. Um, one of the frogs we're going to talk about, I saw him hit himself in the face with it at like Mach 5. Oh, It hit him so hard that when he turned and looked at me, he had a little blood. And <laughs> as it started to whelp up, I could take the frog and set it to his face and tell you exactly <laughs> where the hooks, the head, and the leg were. It hit him that Oh, hard. that's funny. Man. And I laughed a lot. <laughs> so uh, I figured I'd get started with, with generally where you look to throw a frog. Because, you know, obviously you see lily pads and generally, you know, that's going to be a somewhat good place to throw a frog. But is there any other places that you're like, you know what, that's definitely some place I would throw a frog? Just about everywhere. Um, it just depends on, you know, like if they're in a good topwater mood, um, sometimes I'll start with a buzz bait and be smart. Sometimes I just go out and like, nope, I'm going to die by the frog today. Um, and it depends on what frogs you're throwing or if you've gotten comfortable with anything. Um, like you said, a lot of people associate frog with lily pad. It is very rare. I'm actually frog fishing around lily pads. Um, okay. Usually I like my favorite kind is when like on Gunnersville, the grass has came up, starts to, to mat up real thick, but it's, it's thick enough. You could punch through it, but usually you've got enough of a, you know, surface water mixture where when you throw a frog, you still have room for it to move. Um, whether you're throwing like a paddle frog or a hollow body, um, but I throw them in open water too. Like he's talking about river smallies and stuff like that. Um, like when we hit the creeks and stuff, when it gets warm, I mean, I'll throw a zoom horny toad on and, you know, kind of buzz it across the surface. And I don't know really if there's any truth to it, but it, in, in the open water and like Creek river situation to me, throwing like a full size hollow body or a, um, like a paddling frog that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, they just look a little out of place to me. It just right. looks kind of, I mean, and that's, that could be stupid. Cause I mean, you see frogs get the size of your hands. It just doesn't look right to me. So that's when I swap back to something like the zoom horny toad. It's you know, real small, real flat, 
uh, easy to get up on the surface. You can just Texas rig it, you know, nothing. Yeah. I would say that's like a, an entry level frog. Honestly. Okay. Okay. I, and as you were talking about that, I just remembered more frogs that I have hanging up there on a different hook that I didn't bring down with me. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, let's, we can talk about the different kinds of frogs cause they're, they're you know, when, when yeah. I first started fishing, you know, you, you think, I think of, you know, the frog with the, uh, the tail or the tassels and the, a saw, or I guess a hollow body frog is what I yeah. would consider the prototypical frog one, but there's actually quite a few different kinds. So, yeah. And to, to give just like a quick breakdown on the types of frogs, if you were to say them in like types, so you've got hollow body, which everybody's familiar with, you know, it's a real lifelike looking frog that's got a, typically their double hook with a skirt. Um, then you have, let me open these. Um, we, you have a popping frog. Um, same concept. It's a hollow body, but it has a cupped face. My shadow is working against me there, but, uh, <laughs> what they're for is, um, instead of them just making motion, they're actually chugging water and causing a little bit of a wake and, you know, spitting, uh, water Almost up. like a, a popper mixed with a frog. Exactly. Um, from that, you've got, uh, paddle tail frogs, which we'll get into this brand, but this is a frog that, this is more of a cast and retrieve frog. It's not, you're not worried about walking this one. You throw it out and reeling it in, which is a huge advantage for me. I like to use this to cover water. Um, and it's probably a great option for people that are not patient. Uh, Cause <laughs> in my experience, hollow body frog fishing takes a lot of patience. Um, sometimes the bite's just on fire, but sometimes like you're leaving a frog in the strike zone for like, 30 seconds a minute two minutes especially if you know they're there um and then as i mentioned earlier the the zoom horny toad uh it's got the cutter worm style feet on it um it paddles real nice super lightweight real flat and you just like i said you texas rig it and it's a you can act what's great about these is they don't float so you can use a Texas rig in many different ways, even without a weight, it's still heavy enough to get down. So, uh, it's springtime, you know, uh, I've never done it myself, but I know guys that'll use these to raid bass beds. You know, some okay. guys are throwing lizards and, you know, beavers and stuff like that. Um, you can, you can throw this past the bed and sink it down to them and swim it up to it and they'll munch it. But, uh, but that's just a, a rundown of kind of the kinds of frogs, uh, and different types. And, and we can go into like where each of them work best or whatever you want to do. We can do however we can talk. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that sounds frogs. <laughs> that sounds like a good place to start. So um, obviously, you know, topwater, like they can kind of be broken down. Most of them are topwater baits, but the one you just showed uh, the horny toad is probably not as much a topwater, correct? I mean, I would still consider it a topwater because 90% of the people that, I've met that throw it or that I've seen throw it. That's what they're doing. They're buzzing it across the top. You know, okay. they, it's just, uh, it doesn't float. Like I said, so it's something you're going to work a little faster than most. Um, but yeah, so uh, where I would throw that, like, uh, like we just said, you can use it for bed vision scenarios, but um, I really like throwing it when I'm uh Creek or river fishing and I'm in areas with uh, open water, but there's laydowns. Um, and, you know, you can do the same thing with a buzz bait. 
Um, but sometimes, like, let's say you know that they're wanting to hit top water, but maybe they're just not after all that noise from the buzz bait. They don't. They're not. The clacking is not doing it. The squeaking. Um, you know, I throw the frog up there, and uh, you know, let's say you have a laydown coming off the bank. I make sure I cover the whole thing. Uh, I like to throw the horny toad again. It's Texas rigged, so you can either text pose it or you know, kind of hide that hook tip. I'll throw it on the bank if it's not just like a nasty bank that, you know, you're not going to get it back from, but I'll throw it on the bank and then just kind of twitch it down into the water. And then again, since it doesn't float, you got to immediately get on the reel. But, um, another advantage to it is it's a lot more subtle of a movement. Um, it does, does kick, uh, and it kind of sways. Um, but it, I don't know if you think about some of these other paddling frogs with these like huge feet on them, you know, it's not making that kind of wake, um, but you can speed it up to make it, you know, kind of rip through a little more. But that's usually how I'm fishing that one, you know, throwing it around laydowns, brush piles. Um, I will throw that on, you know, matted grass, uh, lily pads. I, there's, I don't think there's not a frog you would throw at that stuff. Um, uh, an advantage, I don't know what kind of like lilies setups you have up there. I'm assuming they kind of all look the same, but when you get those lily pad like fields is what I call it, where you've got those pockets of water around. That's one thing I like to do too, is throw the uh, horny toad up on one and then twitch it off and let it dive off of it instead of buzzing from one to the other. You know, sometimes that works too, but uh, sometimes I like to have it sit on top and I'll twitch it off and let it, it'll nose dive. Sometimes you'll get the strike that way, which is, it's not really as exciting that way. Cause I mean, Let's face it, we're all fishing frogs because we want those like Bassmaster TV blow ups or a <laughs> 10 pounder jumps out of the water with your frog. That's what we're after. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, that one, as far as like rod and reel, I actually, because I'm fishing at open water, I will throw lighter gear on this one. And, and lighter, not meaning a light setup, lighter than the broomstick and winch cable <laughs> I'm using on other frogs. Um, I do not throw under 50 pound braid on anything unless it's uh, like a spinning reel. Obviously I'll throw like 10 on a spinning reel. So typically for me, this will be tied straight to 50 pound power pro because it's thin, the moss green. I I have never been able to say I've seen them be line shy of it because it's a reactionary thing. They don't care about the line. They see something kicking. Um, so, uh, this frog, I use a 4-aught. I had it. I'm going to work with it. There it is. I use a 4-aught uh, Gamakatsu. This is just a round bend worm hook. Um, okay. I like, I like that. Just it. I don't know. It keeps the hook. When you've got it rigged up, it keeps the hook, uh, the, the main line of the hook, real close to the body, real tight. So less likely to clog up with stuff. Uh, it seems to, to me, personal experience, I think it, it keeps the frog running flatter because when you throw it on a wide gap with that wide bend hanging out, when you're hitting hitting just the slightest stuff, it's making the frog roll left right. and right. So that makes sense. Kind of dodge that, but uh, so the whole reason that I text you about this to do this episode actually is because I was listening to your your buzzbait episode and was like, oh, dude, we need to talk about frogs. So something <laughs> that he was talking about that is very true with this too is gear ratios and reels. Um, 
you may think you want a fast reel for a good retrieve on a frog, but it's quite the opposite. Maybe an open water frog, you could get away with it. But like he said, those lower gear ratio reels that have that mechanical advantage to really winch on them in the thick stuff. So I'm probably still a little fast, but I use the Shimano Corrados and the Shimano SLX reels and mm-hmm. the, uh, the middle. So I think it's a seven, three, seven, four ratio is my go-to for like frogging. Okay. Um, and then the line just changed depending on what frog and you know, what kind of area we're fishing. Okay. But yeah. That's about it for that one. And then it, so the retrieve is more of uh well, like, like you said, dropping it off of lily pads, but if you're, just uh, kind of pulling it through, letting it, letting the action work. Are you kind of just slow retrieve or you, you're buzzing it or you're uh, switching it up to see what they're after? Typically with this one, just because, like I said, that it will sink, it's, I reel it however fast it takes to get it on the surface. I don't burn it in, but I keep it. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com what you would consider a lot of guys, you'll hear them say, keep it gurgling instead mm-hmm. of really buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that just means to me that if I back off the real speed this much, it goes under. So I just want it just, it'll, the best way to explain it, it'll like it's riding heavy in the water. So the body is almost trying to sink. So it's pushing a lot of water, but it's up high enough and fast enough that it's actually letting the feet have their motion. Okay. And, that, that's about the only retrieve I use with this, uh, unless I'm doing, like you said, around the lilies where I'm every now and then I'll play with it and let it drop off of them. But um, even in the lily fields, sometimes uh, like Gunnersville, you know, we get lilies that are, I mean, three feet wide that like I've had one wrap around the prop on my kayak and <laughs> you don't go anywhere. Like it stops yeah. you. They don't break. So these are real cool because you, if you can, if you can be an accurate cast enough to target, an open patch, you can actually reel this thing and it'll actually just bounce off of them left and right versus just skipping across the tops of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, ton, tons of versatility with this frog. Okay. Um, well then we'll jump to the, the hollow body frog next. And um, again, I, I've, I've seen videos where people chuck those on top of mats and kind of work them uh, across the mat until they hit an open spot. And then once they hit open water, they'll just kind of kill it and let it sit there. But I've also seen walk the dog kind of style with those too. So, yeah. So <clears throat> hollow body is like you were saying, uh, how frogs, it's not just something you can pick up that there actually is a little bit of an art to it. Hollow body frogs can be very difficult to learn. Um, especially cause a lot of people, me included when I first started throwing a frog, when I moved to North Alabama, 
you know, I wanted to walk the dog because that's what everybody you see on YouTube and all the pictures is it left, right, left, right. And it gets smoked. Um, you have to really know your equipment and really pay attention to that because what needs to happen to make one walk is not what you think needs to happen. So you, you may think, okay, I've got to twitch the line quick. Well, mm-hmm. you're actually, you're twitching, creating slack and then popping the slack if that makes sense. So basically you're creating a bow in the line and then you're snapping the line, the bow in the line before it actually makes contact with tension from rod to frog. It is hard to explain, but you're literally just working the slack, not the frog. Um, so yeah, so hollow body frog, like, like we've talked about, uh, at the beginning, you know, just a soft body, um, hollow, obviously that's what makes it float. They're skirted. Um, Typically, this is something I'm going to throw heavy grass mats, um, good lily fields, uh, dollar dollar pads. Um, and it, I kind of will go hand in hand with this one and a paddle tail frog, which we'll get to, uh, or a paddle and frog. Um, but the retrieve really just, I don't want to say it's, it's kind of just how they how they're eating it that day, and it sometimes it's different from bite to bite. Like, especially like if I'm frog fishing and I'm watching swirls and looking for you know evidence of. A, I mean, because frog fishing, you're going to get guilty of everything looks good and froggy. So you're <laughs> like, okay, I've got to throw a frog in this entire five acre pond. Um, so big piece of advice is to look for look for any kind of signs of life. Bait fish yeah. running. Bass spawn running around, just anything to narrow it down. But um, well, we'll start with walking the frog. So um, when I fish these, I don't fish these with under 65 pound braid. Um, seven foot three uh, mag heavy Dobbins uh, 735 Fury rod. It is a it's a great what I would call budget rod. They're 120 bucks, and it like it's I've tried some higher end frog rods even from them and i go back to that 120 dollars rod every time because it's it's got enough tip that you can feel it when you're casting it so you can be really accurate a lot of these heavy heavy frog rods have no tip and it's to me it's really hard to get an accurate cast when you feel like you're throwing a broomstick um but yeah 65 pound braid same reel as we said before um then when you get to to walk in one um, some of the professionals and like you mentioned tactical bassing and stuff like that, they talk about tying a loop knot on the end where basically what that is, is you have an open loop of line for X amount of inches to a knot. And that loop is supposed to help it walk easier. I mm-hmm. cannot say that that has ever helped. Like yeah. I've tried them different lengths, different line sizes, and it, it's still difficult to me. Um, I tie, you know, I tie a, uh, a Palomar straight to this 65 pound braid. I mean, you can kind of still see the knot on the end of this one where I cut it. And it's all about, like I said, knowing your equipment, knowing how much line your reel takes up each time you crank it because it become, it, it's, it's a rhythm. Just like I showed you with the spook, you know, yep. it's, it's a rhythm of pops and like quarter cranks or half cranks. And then you've got freaks in nature like Greg Blanchard that can sit down 
hold his rod tip in the air and he'll walk a frog just by cranking his handle. I have no clue how he does that. <laughs> I've tried that so many times and I can't do it. Um, but that's, that's, you know, the most popular. Um, so once you've learned walking it, you've got your cadence down, mm-hmm. then it's, um, you know, do you let it walk left and sit, count to three, walk right and sit, count to three, or do you just walk, 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 walk? That is, up to you how you're feeling it, how they're biting it. Like, let's say you made a dozen casts in an area, you know, there's a fish and he didn't bite it when it's just walking left and right fast. Slow it down. Just walk, 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 or walk, stop, walk, stop. Um, Like you said, you can do the pause technique. You can walk, 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 hold. And I've watched a video, I think, of Roland Martin letting one sit for like three minutes. And I'm not about that life. (laughs) No, no, I, that's that's probably not why most people pick up a frog to let it sit for three minutes. But no, like he killed, and he, I mean, and he's got it on video. He lets it sit, and he gets bit. That's great, Roland. Good job. Like, <laughs> not me. Um, but something I don't count out is the biggest frog bite I've ever had that I lost was just reeling it. Um, the booyah pad crasher is my go-to hollow body. This black and red one right here, which this one's a new one. So the skirts are like, it's one thing Booyah gives you a lot of skirt to work with, but I, I end up cutting mine down. Like you can, if you see that, I mean, I cut two inches off. Um, but the, the black and red one, is one of the best nighttime frog stories I've ever had. Um, it was while I was learning how to frog fish, my buddy was just smacking on them. And I could not figure out what he was doing that I wasn't doing. He handed me his rod, reel, and this frog. He said, I've caught my biggest fish on this one. Don't lose it. I said, okay. Been doing the walking thing in the dark, which is even more difficult because you can't see if it's walking. You just got to kind of feel the line pop. Right. Um, and he, he, he said something. He was like, you know, sometimes they just like you to drag it. So I was, I threw up in this lane, you know, it's like, a foot and a half wide and I just started reeling it to me and it just because of the way the body's designed and like how the weight's basically right in the middle it'll sit down heavy in the water and make a wake and I just reeled it in and uh the way he explained it is it sounded like somebody dropped a bucket of concrete off of a big ladder and it just hit the water (laughs) um all I saw was the water disappear and it made this just bagoosh noise just that's like haunts my dreams and (laughs) you know, 65 pound braid. I always, uh, a little tip. I keep when I'm fishing that thick stuff, that heavy gear, I keep the drag locked all the way down. There is no reason in my opinion. Like if you break 65 pound braid, you either tied a bad knot or that was a dinosaur of a fish or something like (laughs) just a huge fish. But, uh, that fish sucked it under, I set the hook, you know, did the, the one, two, three, punched it. Uh, it was dragging me to it. I was not wow. making any distance on him. He, I was going to him. I could feel him moving back around. And he sat down and I, you know, kept winching, heard a ding. It's like, crap. The, the, I thought I broke the frog off. Uh, pulled, pulled it in. And I picked it up and I'd straighten the hook out on the, that frog. And wow. if you know anything about these frogs, the hook is stout. 
But when I pulled, and, and I mean, it wasn't, I mean, obviously it's not straight, but hooks that sit like this, and one of them was sitting up a good 30, 40 degrees, and I just looked at my buddy, and he just calmly was like, well, that's the biggest fish I've ever seen out here, and just paddled <laughs> away. I was like, thanks. <clears throat> but, yeah, so there's a lot of heartbreak, too. Uh, like you said, the figuring out the timing um, to from when you see or hear one to when you you know, you smack it. Um, There's some is, great videos out. I, I watched one. It was almost like scientific it, talking about that. And um, I think their final recommendation was at least like a one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000 set, you know, enough to. So I can do that. But Mike goes, what was that? Three set? <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> so, you know, it, the, the patience that it takes, you know, so I, I started trying to at least do two, you know, two one thousands, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it, it feels like an eternity, but, or you can, you know, if you're, if you're patient enough to wait till you feel it, I don't know if that, that, that's tough too, though, because you want to really, once you feel it, then it's already tight and you can't really bury the hook as much as you want to. Exactly. I definitely try to, the way I explained it to somebody's like, I like the weight of the fish being there to be a surprise. Like I swing and just hope it pulls back. Um, <laughs> Somebody, you know, love him or hate him. One of the best ones I've heard was Chad Hoover. He says, set the hook. So it, it takes it down, set the hook, smack. And that kind of, I just do one, two, three in my head, just one, two, right. three. And arguably it's about the same speed. Um, but sometimes I don't wait. Like if I've, if I've visibly watch one, just freight train it, he's got it. So I'm yeah. going to wreck him. It's, if it disappears, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes when, like, if I watch one and you can tell, like, if the frog's here and the blow up's kind of like off centered, mm -hmm. but you still lose the frog, that's when I wait because you're like, yeah, he may have not got it, or he may, he may only have one hook and they'll give that secondary little slurp and then he'll get the rest of it. Um, but yeah, you know, I would say a good rule of thumbs, like you said, two, two to three count. You know, if you're counting one to three, maybe count to 10. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you're still, there's going to be a lot of heartbreak. Um, right. You're going to miss, you know, if you're in thick stuff, sometimes you're just not getting to him before he figured, because sometimes when they bury up, no matter what you do, they have a way to give themselves slack. Um, right. I don't think that there's, I mean, I'm sure there's che cheap and bad frogs, but I mean, you can catch, they all have really good sharp hooks and you're going to get the hook in them. Uh, you know, thirty percent of the time, I would say. <laughs> it's, I, I, I was going to say the hookup ratio isn't as high as some other baits, but people that I mean, some people may go on a big streak and say I'm lying, and it's like eighty percent. Maybe if you've been doing it for ten years and you just got this perfect storm, but I like come summer, this is all I do, and I'm still missing. I mean, whether it's excitement, it's too thick. I mean. You know, sometimes like I've had a day where I was on the water and was just like, Jesus, I can't hook up with one, you know, check the frog and then realize like the hook's dull. Like it's just, I've had this frog on forever. I've, you know, cause you'll, they'll blow up and smack it into a, you know, a stump and you've got it buried in the woods. So just like anything else, you know, check your, check your hooks. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's about that on like walking one, reeling one, um, the I guess you would call like a work and pause, stop mm -hmm. and go, uh, retrieve. 
that's about the only thing you're going to do with, with the hollow bodies. And like I said, I throw them in the thickest stuff. You don't want to throw it in. And some people would argue this too. If it's just so thick that when I, like a good way I judge it is if I throw the frog and when it hits the, the slop, nothing moves as far as right. like, there's no wake. Like it didn't really make a ripple. I'm not wasting my time with a hollow body there. I'm getting out my punching gear because the frog right. ain't doing anything. Right. Um, one of, uh, on, on the local lake that I fish, uh, there's a guy, he's, I, I consider him like semi-pro. He, um, he talked about um, one of the favorite places he throws it on that lake. Cause there's no lily pads on that lake. I'm like, you throw a frog. He's like, yeah, I like to uh, skip it up under all the under overhangs. Uh, Cause it, it really does get up under there and doesn't get hung up. And um, that's the one place uh, I I'm not good at skipping with a, uh, with a baitcaster yet. I can skip with a spinning rod. No, no problem. But uh, I'm still learning with my baitcaster. So that's the one place that, by me that I've heard that people had success. And he said, yeah, I just take a hollow body frog and skip it up under those uh, overhangs and um, you know, the stuff that's right on the water so that, you know, other things like with a kind of more open hook would definitely kind of get snagged up in there. But he said the frog comes out almost every time. Yeah. Uh, Because the way the hooks are designed into the body, like they are exposed, but like, like I can take my hand right now and I'm rubbing directly across the hook points and they're not catching, you know, it, it's designed for the body to collapse, to expose it all the way. So, you know, I've never done it, but I have seen guys do it. Same as you see guys skip buzz baits under laydowns. Mm-hmm. I've heard of guys doing, doing it with the frog and it, it's a really good point to it not like snagging up. And then, uh, you know, the other thing is like, who's that, how many people are actually doing it? So you might right. be... You know, that fish has probably had a Texas rig thrown over its head five million times. It will, might be the first time he's ever had a frog thrown right over his head, and he might want that. Uh, so that's a that's a really good piece of advice. I'm, I'm glad you said that one, because I would have forgot all about that, just because I don't do it. Um, yeah, he, he, he probably he could do it with the horny toad. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, because that's Texas rigged and pegged, probably. Or not pegged, but Texpos. So I think yeah. it would come through. But Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. How about the uh, the the kicking frog or the what what would you call that? Like the top toad. Some people talk. I've heard them call them um, open water frog, uh, swimming frog, paddle tail frog, pa- or boot tail frog, because it's kind of got boot feet on it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my bread and butter. I'm mm-hmm. sure people are going to be mad at me for talking about it. But jokes on you guys. It was a secret like five years ago. Everybody's told their buddies up here. Everybody knows about it. Um, so it is a hollow body frog, obviously, with a pair of legs with horizontal boots on it. And this thing is like a bass killer. It has a very extraordinary hook system. So it is a, they call it the, I think it's a double takedown or something like that. But uh, it is a double hook. They are, this is probably about a six or a seven aught. And it has a, the threaded, uh, oh Lord, I can't think of what Screw it keep, is. Or, uh, Screw keeper. Yeah. 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 Bait keeper. Bait but, keeper, uh, yeah. so this frog right. you attach very similar to a, um, like a swim bait hook. 
you thread her on there, get her upright. I should have done this a minute ago. The screw lock, that's what it's called. There you go, screw lock. And then you put the hook between the legs. And the top toads actually have a little recessed area that is the perfect little spot. And then you bury the tips of the hooks down in it. I have yep. this one done very poorly, but that's what she looks like. If anybody can check that out here. Hold on. There we go. So, got the little dangly feet, double hook with a screw lock. So, it floats, um, and it swims really, really well. I usually start with this. If it if I've thrown this for five hours and I haven't got a bite, that's usually when I try like something else, which it's usually too late by then. But <laughs> I live and die by this thing right here in this one color for the most part. It's a black and red flake. Um, I will throw this anywhere that I can throw where I know it's going to make commotion when it swims. This thing has the coolest gurgle sound. You can reel it really fast and get a really good crazy, you know, splash going from it, or you can, what we call gurgle it, where this thing is just barely creeping along. There's no, you know, there's no pop in this one. They do make a popping version of this, which I have, and I haven't got bit on it yet, so I'm going to go ahead and say I don't like it. Because <laughs> I really tried last year and could not get bit on that thing. It has the same legs. The only difference is it's got the cupped head. But Interesting. Can't make it work. Um, But, you know, no walking the dog. You do a lot of the, the stop and go, but I throw this in the, it, where it's, you got like a good thick layer and then open water underneath and use it to cover water. Um, you can run and gun with this thing, just like a buzz bait again. Um, and if it, if it's been hot, like this is, this is how I start my mornings. This is how I end the day in the afternoon. Even if it's, I mean, I've thrown an open water and got bit. I've never caught a big one doing it, but it's just something about it just drives them nuts. And um, you can go as far as I've I've put a worm rattle in it, and it'll it'll stay in there. It's got a pretty big opening in the back. It'll stay in there for a few casts, but sometimes that little bit of noise rattling around in there mm-hmm. is uh is great. But uh, this one again, sixty five pound braid. Uh, I mean, because this is a giant hook, and they are sharp, but you really want to smack them with this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, heavy rod, big winch reel, and just go out there and make a million casts with this thing. It's so much fun. Um, you can throw it up on the bank and pop it off and get bit up shallow. I'll, I'll run it across the lily fields like you were talking, and then... But 90% of the time, if you find me in the summer using this, it's I find thick, just nasty water. And this is this is my bread and butter. I love this this rock so much. Uh, you know, some sometimes they're hard to find. Like, you can't even... I'm sure different stock in different areas, but, like, Arcabellas keeps very limited amounts of these things. And usually the hooks are harder to find than... Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen the... Ba- it, uh, that was that took me a little bit to find, uh, to get actually get the hooks for them, because uh, they definitely... You have very specific hooks, so... Yeah. Uh, I got lucky. They're uh, an Academy Sports one out of business when I was living in Birmingham, and I just happened to walk in there, and they were, uh, like, a dollar a pack. 
and I bought all of them, and I haven't bought hooks for these in nano for years. Like, <laughs> you don't. Again, you're not losing, right? Many many hooks. I've had these fling off. I mean, they'll bite them. These things will get torn up, and you won't be able to hide the hooks in it anymore. And that's when they do start to kind of suck um, because they will bring up all the trash out of the water with them. Um, and when it's dragging trash, it makes it kick weird. And then it's just that's one advantage to the hollow body with a skirt is it's not going to do that. The, right. the little skirt's going to keep doing it still the whole time. But, uh, yeah, I was it's trying to, great. I was trying to remember who the guy was. Um, when I first started uh, watching fishing uh, videos online, there was a guy who was a local guy. Um, he was either, you know, South, South PA or, you know, Northern Maryland. And he used to do a show he called the Power Hour, where he would go out before work, um, first hour of daylight, uh, <clears throat> and he would fish... Uh, uh, a white top toad through the ripples on the river on the Susquehanna and he would catch smallmouth on it. And um, that is where I first heard of using the top toad. And um, I, I've done it. I've replicated it. It totally works. If you can find ripples and uh, you know, current seams and breaks like that, and you just run these across the top of them, smallmouth will bite them. Even though like you never see a frog out there swimming um, for whatever reason, it, it works and uh there's something about the smell it's definitely a, a strong smelling frog my hands uh, are gonna stink all day tomorrow <laughs> but uh, this stuff doesn't wash off well i'll tell you that too whatever they got in this you'll smell this three days from now in your yeah. truck like yeah and it I never made it say, in your truck <laughs> i when it's laying on the floor of my kayak that's all i can smell so they're definitely strong but uh I, after watching that guy, and I wish I could remember his name because he's a cool guy. He was one of the first guys who um, he would, you know, I could message him and be like, oh, I saw you catch this. What what, what kind of line were you using? You know, I'm still a rookie at this. And he would totally take the time to message me back. Um, uh, I know he does he does guiding for snakeheads, or he did for a while. Uh, I don't know how much he does anymore, but uh, I, I apologize. I'll find his name and, um, you know, Put his name in the notes because he's definitely a cool guy. I just got to look it up. And uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook. I just can't. Um, his name is escaping me. But he was the one who introduced me to it. Uh, Jimmy actually sent me some of because uh, I had white for the longest time and didn't have any other color. But I got some green ones from you um, that I actually used and they worked as well. So um, I, I was going to say if if there's another color I use, it's baby bass. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's. It's uh, kind of like a green pumpkin with gold flake, and it's got a silver bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I cannot tell you like a reason, like or a situation where like that one over the other one. Sometimes, if I've just been throwing black in areas like we've got little honey holes here that we go to in the summer and just catch frogfish. If I go out one night or one day and I just can't catch them on black, I'll try on baby bass. Sometimes baby bass. I mean, same bait, slightly different color, and you don't think that that color matters because they're looking at it from underneath. And if it's sunny, they're probably seeing a shadow anyway, but sometimes that little change is all they need to, you know, get fired up. Um, I was trying to remember, like, uh, we did do a show on frogs a while ago, and I forget who the guest was, but that was one of the things that he talked about a lot. He said, you know, they have all these crazy color patterns on the tops of frogs, and he's like, that really is just, you know, to, you know, catch fishermen more than it is to catch fish, because... 
bass never see that. You'll have like black and yellow leopard print frogs and, you know, all these crazy ones. And he's like, but if you flip them over, their bellies are always either black, white, or green, you know? Yeah. So, And that's something you'll actually see me do when I'm buying them is like, like the Booyah Pad Crasher when it's, which that's a bad example of one. I don't have the green and yellow one anymore, but like out when it's sitting in the pack, obviously like any of them, you see the, the black and yellow and you're like, Ooh, well, when you flip it over, this is actually a spro. This spro is actually is black and yellow striped on the bottom. But a lot of the, uh, the Booyah Pad Crashers like this one, you can't see it anymore. It's got blue details on it, but there's nothing on the bottom. And mm-hmm. just like you said, it's catching the fisherman. Um, <laughs> I like black bottom and then there's a bunch of the green. It'll be green on top. It'll actually have like a yellow and orange, kind of like a sunfish pattern on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I like those. Uh, I try to stay away this, from this the one whites. has a little bit of it. Yeah. It, it, it's got some yellow on it, but um, is that a ribbit? Not a ribbit. I'm that trying to remember it. what this is. I, I forget where I, I've thrown it a lot. And so I think it's I've a thrown, live target. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And you can see the top has all sorts of weird leopardy stuff. But again, they're hardly ever going to see that. All they're going to see is, you know, basically the, the, the belly, which on that one just happens to be a little bit of yellow, but mostly white. So, so I've got the small versions of those. It's a, a little local joke around here. Um, our little fishing club used to make fun of these because they may have changed their little formula for them, but these things used to be good for one bite and then you'd lose a leg. <laughs> so we actually have a little decal that used to run around uh, the North Alabama kayak anglers. It's a silhouette of one of these with only one leg um, <laughs> because it was, you'd spend three or four bucks on it and it'd work one time. <laughs> then, it, then it was just done. This but, one, I um, think I've actually caught too. Cause my, my daughter like liked it. She, when she was real young, she's like, why are you throwing that daddy? It's so cute. And then um, <laughs> I actually, it sat on the console in my truck forever. Cause once I, I caught two fish on it and then I was like, Oh, I cut it off and then I never put it back in my kayak and I kept forgetting it was there and she would play with it every time she got in my truck. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I have this little one. I, I don't, I think I won this somewhere. It's a chase baits either that, or I got it in, um, got it in a box for free or something. So that brand is fantastic. Okay. They make, they make some cool looking lizards and geckos and, I thought that they were just gimmicky at first. You know, like you said, catch the fisherman. A buddy of mine saw them at one of my local little bitty tackle shops here and freaked out and was like, no, dude, these are hard to find. And he showed me some videos of them. And apparently, like, they are the deal in certain situations. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. 
Interesting. So, so I would I would uh, definitely take her out of the box and give it a throw. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to try that. That one's this one's a lot smaller, so you know I could see you could you would could potentially throw that on a little bit lighter setup too. So oh yeah, and you know as long as you uh, again I think your line is based off your cover, like right. open water. I th- I'll throw them on straight fifty pound braid. Um, I've been in the situation where I've seen fish blowing up, didn't have any of my frog rod stuff with me no braided reel um or i mean i always usually have braid a leader but sometimes i don't want to cut that leader off because if the frog doesn't work i got to go back to whatever it was on i'll just mm-hmm. tie it on it'll usually be like 17 to 20 pound and i'll just roll with it if it's open water or just you know, a few lay downs because the fluorocarbon is kind of tough right um but yeah no the the top toad is it is like the gangster of of all frogs in my opinion Everybody throws them. You just hear people talk about them. The same way when people used to try to hide that they were throwing the chatterbait, they'd say vibrating jig. You'll hear them call a top toad. Tons of different things, and there's not really too many folks that are making them uh, or making a style of frog like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of blows my mind because it's. I feel like it's very popular, yeah. at least down here in the south. But I mean, you're in PA, and I've like. I've told you 10,000 times I really want to come spend a, like a long weekend up there because I want to fish the Susky. If that's a thing, that's all I'm doing now. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that this was a thing, throwing a top toad for smallmouth in in the current. You know, I wanted to get up there and throw swim baits and stuff. If that's a thing and I can get a four-day weekend and come hang out with you, that's all we're doing. We're yeah. I'm bringing $200 worth of top toads <laughs> and me and you are going to figure it out. Like, <laughs> well, I got, I got, I just got a GoPro. So, um, I, I want to film it and see if, if, see if I can replicate the power hour and, uh, see what I can catch. So I'll, I'll hopefully awesome. get some footage I can show you. So heck yeah. Well, uh, what do you want to hit next, man? Uh, that's um, basically the styles and kind of the areas I throw. Them. Um, okay. one of the things I was going to talk about was modifications. So I know you talked about like putting BBs or rattles in them. Um, you know, uh, I've heard, uh, you know, definitely cutting the skirts is a, uh, one you almost got to do right off the bat. And I've heard different schools of thought on that. Uh, a couple of people said you kind of bend it back up and cut it at the length of the hook. I'm not sure quite what, what the, the, the sense behind that is, but, uh, I've heard that. I don't really have an art to it as far as the skirts. Um, I look at one and I'm like, okay, that's too much. Yes. And then I'll, I'll cut a little bit off and be like, man, a little more. That looks good enough. And then sometimes I get down to this and I'm like, well, I think I cut that one too short. <laughs> but I still catch fish with it. Right. Um, I don't know. I've seen guys take it and, and instead of doing um, like just cutting across, they will flare them out. And they will stagger them so that they're all different lengths. And they'll yep. usually, I can't remember who it was, probably a tactical bassing guy, would leave like three strands, maybe, you know, three to four or five, whatever strands on each leg full length. But he would drastically cut the rest of them. So it only had a few long ones and then the rest are kind of tight. Don't know why, but those guys fish a ton. So it's probably got some kind of, you know, proof to it somewhere. But, I've um, heard of guys uh, cutting one side longer than the other. Yeah, uh, heard that. So I tried that, and I just feel like that frog looks retarded when I do that. <laughs> like, I cut one. I think I did like one really short, one like half length. And I don't know. I just didn't like it. I threw it for like 10, 15 minutes. I was like, God, this just doesn't look right. <laughs> but and again, I don't know if it matters. 
Like I've caught fish with them with full skirts. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if it matters. Um, right. I usually cut the skirts just for the fact that the water's just so matted up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want them getting like all like hung up. Um, I, I always the... joke. I, I have this one um, <laughs> in my oh, tackle wow. box. I think I put it in with some Z-Man baits and the legs kind of melted. So oh. I cut it off and this is the one I throw in my backyard when I'm grilling so I can practice uh, casting it on my bait caster. So oh, dude, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to throw it away, but that's, that's when I practice my, my bait casting is when I'm grilling. I have a little wall around my patio and I just stand up on the wall. Like I'm standing on my kayak and I cast in the yard while I'm waiting, you know, sitting there waiting. So I do the same thing. I practice, which I don't know why I practice because I don't do it a lot, but I just, I, I always set a cup in the driveway when because mm-hmm. my black stones in my carport and I'll just turn around and me and my daughter will she'll watch and she'll I'll just be like set the cup anywhere I can see it and like sometimes she'll set it it's 22 yards to the street <laughs> and she'll set it at the street and I'll, I'll you know we'll do it for 10 minutes and I'll start hitting the cup that far you know wow uh, yeah I've never thought about doing it with a frog though you should take that one out though see if you Try can get it. fish yeah get bit with no skirt yeah I mean it's worth a shot I mean, you might fall into something that, like, it becomes a new thing. You buy a $7 frog and cut the legs off. <laughs> it's it's you know, hanging out in my frog box, so you never know. I, I'll have to uh, someday. That makes me want to cut the legs off of a top toad and just use it as, like, a regular hollow body and see what happens. <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's happening this year. It's happening <laughs> Friday. We're, we're going on a, uh, they told me it's a 17-mile float trip on Gunner's Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, so, supposed to be some good area that we can probably go ahead and get a frog bite going. Um, so, I'm being extremely optimistic because I just really want that to happen. But, no, uh, no. other than that, as far as like the BB and rattle thing, you can use the worm rattles. Um, I use Carolina beads a lot, whether they're glass or plastic. I mean, and I use the, even the saltwater ones. I don't even know what they're called that you put like on pompano rigs just because I've got tons of those. Um, okay. They definitely work better in hollow bodies. You just, you know, you kind of pull down on the, the frog and you get it to open up around where the hooks go in. You shove it in there, shake it around and go with it. And it just, a buddy of mine does a lot of like experimenting with baits and stuff like that. And he only runs the little beads or rattles in them. Like mm-hmm. he buys a frog, it gets trimmed, it gets a bead, and that's how it goes its whole time. Hmm. But uh, do, have you messed with popping frogs much? I've never thrown one. Uh, that's because uh, to me, I, I I always just throw a popper. So yeah, um, and a popper probably has a better hookup ratio. You know, <laughs> trebles. Well, I, like I said, I fell in love. Uh, you know. I, my guests are probably tired of me talking about it, but the, the Rico popper, I don't know what it is about it. It's, it's kind of stupid expensive, but I, that is, I have so much confidence in that, that if I think that I'm going to throw something, uh, chugging or popping, that's what I'm going to throw. Yeah, no, there, and there's certain times, like I, I really like the, uh, the mega bass popper. Um, okay. But again, stupid expensive for a popper, but yeah. I like it. So sometimes it's, it's worth it. But I also like just kicking it with an original, um, pop R like no, you can't right. beat the old pop R. 
Um, well, for some reason, I don't, I don't have success with a, a regular pop bar, and it, to me, it looks very, very similar to you put it side by side with a Rico, and it, you know, there's so many similarities, but I don't know what it is about the Rico, but it is totally a confidence thing. I can, the one day, you know, I probably was crushing it on um, the Rico for probably like a week straight, and I'm like, okay, you know what? It's got to be just any popper, and I threw the pop bar for a day, and I had no luck, and I went back to the Rico and started catching them again. I'm like. I don't Jesus. know what it is. It it was just a total confidence thing. It had to be because I don't I don't know what else. That's kind of me with with the the booyah pad crasher hollow body. Like I've got, you know, this is a this one's a strike king. I've got a spro which spro makes fantastic hollow body frogs, but they are proud of them, so I don't buy that many of them. I have this. <laughs> I think I have two, and it was because I was the you do the spro tournament. You have to throw their frogs. Oh, I so, heard about that. So I bought two frogs, and that was it. Um, and then I found out I had missed registration, so I bought them for no reason. <laughs> um, but the Booyah Pad Crasher, whether it's the regular or the popper, um, this is their popping frog in smoke. This is probably the only, which I have uh, their hollow body in this color. It's a transparent with black specks. I love throwing this one in the daytime because okay. it'll give it a little bit of a shadow, but the light will go through it. Same thing I think about like fishing clear water with like, you know, rattle traps and stuff using like the translucent colors. So the light can pass through a little bit. Right. Um, to me, that just kind of hides from the fish what it really is. So that they just, um, here's one. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the sprinker, the tackle sprinker frog. I've heard of it. I've never seen one or played. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the one boot tail. Yeah. Yeah. This is a weird one. Never caught a fish on it. Um, probably cause I don't give it much time. Uh, but it's basically got one, like you said, one soft plastic boot tail and then it's a skirtless hollow body, but it looks just like any other hollow body. It has a very strange hook angle. The, the hooks hook base swoops down and it keeps the hook tips kind of high and back lower in the frog. It is very hmm. strange. But I know guys that swear by these things. I just, I'm not one of them yet. Um, probably the, my... uh, the Lunker Hunt prop frog. I hear that uh, one's fantastic. I haven't got to use it yet. I have never caught a fish on it. I've thrown it quite a few times. Um, and uh, it, this has like a weird trailer hook and everything. So, it you know, oh, it all does. sorts of weird things that. with it. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting and it definitely kind of has that whopper plopper kind of plop to it um that's what i was uh, gonna say like it might be one of those things like if you ever get on whopper plopper bite just tie that on real quick and see if it continues but uh, i've had it i've had it on quite a few times i haven't had any luck with it but uh i'll I'll keep trying it so yeah probably my my favorite two popping frogs i like i love the booyah um so something we didn't talk about is with frogs you got to feel them. So some frogs have a, like, this is a, uh, is this the, this is the Jackal Gavacho. I couldn't remember who makes it. It's got three skirt ends, nice double hook. The hooks on these things are fantastic. Um, but it's got kind of a stiff plastic. So you think about, okay, the fish has really got to bite that one. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I can't say out, like, thinking about it. I don't really know what goes through my head when I'm like, okay, today that tough body's good, but tomorrow's not. 
Um, it's just kind of a feel thing. Like maybe if I've missed a few, I'll be like, okay, they're not biting that one good enough. And then I'll go to something like this. This is the, uh, the river to see Tommy Biffle spit and This is a very soft frog. Like it takes zero pressure to collapse the body and the hooks on this thing are like nuts, nuts. And the, the, uh, the cup on this where a lot of them are just molded into the, the, the plastic of the frog. Um, this one has basically like a glued on ring that is clear and it is hmm. actually like a cup. Uh, yeah. It's got vents in the bottom and it allows the water to hit and spray and also pass through. So it gives it a completely different chug when it's popping through the water and it's actually got a very small profile for a, uh, if you look at the Gavacho, you know, it's a couple inches, maybe two and a half, three. This one's, you know, half an inch shorter. Um, still comes with, you know, these ridiculously long skirts. I haven't trimmed <laughs> this one up yet. Um, but I need to, I, I didn't throw it last year. I got into popping frogs the year before. For some reason, I didn't even pick them up last year. So I'm going to get back to it this year. And keep putting this one through the ringer, but I really, really like this one. And then scum frogs. Um, scum frogs are fantastic. They are super soft and I like their skirts because it looks like they take the time with their skirts. It's like getting a skirted jig. Like they put different textures and color palettes together. Um, okay. It's got a huge spitting head on it. Um, you know, it's the same diameter as the whole body. And it's, again, this is another, Small profile, really soft frog that chugs real well. Um, I haven't thrown the popping frogs enough to like be like, this one's the best. This is my go-to. I, I kind of take all of these with me and just like go back and forth. And, you know, when one starts hitting, that's the one I throw. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's about it. About all my favorites. Cool. Um, not a topwater frog, but another hollow body bait I started dabbling with because I thought it was gimmicky was the little uh, live target spider. Oh, neat. Check that out. So I bought those thinking that this was just funny and went up in a creek and tied this on and I we absolutely wore them out with this thing. Um, downfall of this thing is it will fill up with water and sink, so you'll have to like pull them up, squeeze all the water squeeze out, it and out. go like 10 casts. But... Like the bat, the creek fish hate this thing, and I love it. The spotted bass were like we we were sitting over like ten foot deep pools, and I was just throwing it to see how it works because like the little legs are very. I was like, going to say they just sit there and you know the tiniest bit of movement it's going to make those twitch like crazy. Yeah, and like all you got to do is work the crank of the reel, and it'll just sit there and look like it's just you know bouncing across the water. <laughs> And I was just checking it out, and then, like, out of nowhere, just boom, in the middle of the little river we were in, like, dead center, just boom. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I uh, kept throwing them, and, I mean, we caught we caught fish on them all day. Um, That's pretty cool. Was again. that, like, ICAST two years ago or something? That was like Yeah, it got, like, bait of the year, top yeah. water, new top water of the year or something like and that. And everybody, I heard so many people say, oh, it's totally gimmicky. But then, you know, after that, people were saying, no, no, it, it's actually catching fish. Well, I think they make a bigger one now, too. Um, when I got them, this was the only sizes they had. Now I think they have one that's maybe not double, but pretty close to double that size. Because my, my worry was, like, this thing's got the double take hooks on it, but they're tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, they were working. But I was like, man, I don't I was know if say, I'd if a spotted bass with like a seven pounder. Like, I don't think these little hooks would do it. But 
Um, I'd like to use those, like you said, somewhere where they're smallmouth. I think smallmouth would like that. Um, yeah, I never yeah. remember to try it though. There's but, there's uh, definitely places where on the Susquehanna that where there's some overhang banks that I think that would work. You know, where there's trees where a spider could definitely fall out of the tree, and I think that yeah, would. you should you should definitely try one. Just it's just, if you can get them to start biting it, it's fun. I haven't ever caught a big fish on it, but like. It's like when you watch the nature videos of them eating stuff that falls in the water and they oh, absolutely yeah. like massacre it when they hit it. <laughs> it's just as cool as it getting hit on a frog. Um, but yeah, I think that's, there's tons of, tons of great brands. I, I think just if you're, you know, going back to the, the noob side of it, um, first thing would be gear. Um, if you live somewhere where it gets swampy and sloppy, do yourself a favor and spend spend the money on a decent heavy rod. Um, I, you can probably use any sixty five pound braid. You don't have to use Power Pro. I like Power Pro because the line diameter is thinner. So uh, I don't know. It goes through the guides easy. Has really good feel to it. A lot of good sensitivity. Um, like I said, anywhere from like a five five whatever five seven reel up to. You probably want to stay in the sixes. I use a seven. Um, make sure you get the winching power. Right. Um. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. If you're, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. If you're using a hollow body, you know, you're kind of set on hooks. If you're using a, like a horny toad, um, you could probably just get away with it. Whatever worm hook you're confident in for soft plastic worms or cross, they'll do it. Um, I definitely want to try that because I've always thrown them of uh, those kind. Um, I forget. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, what the brand I have upstairs is. Uh, and uh, who is the guy? Uh, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on. He used to be a PNF host. Um, uh, he got me hooked on one brand. Uh, he was uh, like, he was a rep for that brand. And he still is. Uh, I just, I'm, you talking about um not Ricketts, but uh, um, Sam. Sam, yeah. Who does uh, Sam go with? Uh, I, I can't remember. He 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 got me hooked on a a a, a frog that looks very similar to that. It's it's dense. It's not a hollow body. It's a soft plastic. But um, is it I a always, ribbit? Uh, no, no. Uh, I should run upstairs. I know I have. I know right where they are upstairs, but in the garage. But um, they have a. A, a, a specific hook it's a, like a two-prong hook but you can also texas rig them too um and uh i always used an ewg gap or ewg hook and uh i never thought of using a, a regular kind of worm hook um, yeah just a depending on the length four out five out round <laughs> bin um like with a gamakatsu you can get them that are they call i think they're called super line which means they're thicker um i would probably go with those just so that you don't bend one out in some case you get like a good fish and it gets you, you know, down and in, into some stuff. Right. Um, 
Well, and it just, I think on with the EWG, it almost acts like a keel, like you were saying, and, you know, it sits on anything and it's going to fall to one side or have a tendency not to be really true. So. Which, you know, something you could say about the EWG, though, is it's going to give you a better hookup because right. the, the shape of it, they're going to get that hook deeper. Um, just for me, I like it all to be real streamlined so that it's not snagging, it's not rolling, because um, that, that is something kind of like with the whopper plopper you'll get you got to kind of work and watch your rigging or it'll like come in upside down and the horny toad is uh, a little bit the plastic is you know it's got bumps and grooves on one side and it's just like smooth on the other so that probably will change how it's running um and for me personally like when i start to see one running upside down i just like cancel that cast out for some reason probably a stupid idea but I don't know. I'm like same thing. Every now and then you'll get the top toad to come in upside down. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> bad cast. And then I'll start over. It'd probably work just the same. I mean, the, the feet are still on the water. Uh, it may give you a weird hookup. You may hook one in the bottom lip. That'd be kind of terrible, but might work. It would. Yeah. You could still probably get it in, but it's definitely not going to be the easiest, uh, easiest way to do it. So <laughs> I can tell you this and you can probably speak to it too. When you get a good double hookup, like they get both of the hooks and a top toad. It's usually a, a mother to get them off. Oh yeah. They have got that thing. It's stuck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a well, get the pliers out kind of thing. One last frog to mention. I don't have one, but I was going to see if you've looked into them. Have you seen the frogs that have the Velcro patch on them? No. So the theory behind that is it'll have a little Velcro patch on the back. The, uh, if it was hook and loop, it would be the loop side. Um, and one of the guys' theories was that the way the bass's teeth on their lips are. Interesting. That that, that makes that a lot extra, of sense. Yeah. It gives you that extra confidence that maybe he didn't get the hook good enough, but now his lips all marred up in that Velcro. I was going to say, so, all those little teeth are you know tied all in that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I don't know who makes them. I've been meaning to find some. I always look when I'm in tackle shops, and I never see any of them. So maybe it's a maybe one or two brand thing right now that's doing it, but it's definitely something I'd look into because the science, the quote unquote science sounds right. <laughs> no, but it, again, it makes may catch the sense. fisherman. <laughs> true, true <laughs> enough, you know, but you know, it, you know, there's a lot of little things like that, that, you know, some people might know and swear by. And, you know, if you haven't heard of it, then you're not just not going to know about it. So. All right. Well, man, that's about, the extent of my knowledge, other than that, just get out there and <laughs> like give it a throw. Like, don't be afraid to just go spend a day on it. You know, if you think that there's a topwater bite possibility, or you know, a good little swampy area, or lily pads, or even open water area, you know, mm -hmm. go out there and you, you figure it out just by anything else in fishing. Just keep doing it. You'll you'll start to notice the little things that seem to make it work. Right, right. And and I, the first time you have a, a blow up, you're going to, you know, you're going to be hooked because that's one of the coolest things in, in, in bass fishing is a topwater explosion. And, and that's that's what frog fishing is all about, you know, so I, I was to it so addicted to it for the first few years I got into it. But it was like, how'd you do that day? Terrible. Well, yeah, well, I was in the same area and I whacked them. Well, I threw a frog all day. Like. Sometimes I'm not afraid. Like when we go to our little honey hole, I don't take anything else, which is not, if you're something we didn't get to, I can just hit on real quick. When you're frog fishing, 
it's a great idea to have what they call follow-up bait. Um, let's say you're fishing in a slop, throw a hollow body in there, they hit it, blow it out of the water, and there's that little blowhole where he busted out. Throw a Cinco in there. Yep. Um, have it on, you know, if you're going to do it, you want to have it on a little heavier gear. But you don't even have to work it. You just throw it in there and let it sink. And for them, they're thinking they're getting whatever it is they stunned. And boom, then you've got him. It is a, where I fish, it's a great idea, but it is a nightmare when they bite the follow-up bait because you're not bringing them to you. You're going to them. Like, it's hard to bring a Cinco back through some of that stuff with that yeah. little hook in that thick mat. Um, you're typically just keeping line tension and letting your boat get towards them. Um, just hoping you can keep all of them tight. Hope, hoping you can keep it just tight, tight. But yeah, I, I've definitely had times where I feel like I've, I've found the most uncoordinated bass ever. You know, they'll be <laughs> hitting to like, you know, two inches to the left of it. You know, I'm like, come on, just, hit, you know, Oh I'm man, like, <laughs> that that's the days that make me more mad than the days that I come in when they didn't blow up. It's when they blew up a lot and they just kept missing. Yeah, like, I'm like the, I, I'm not the most coordinated guy, and you know if I was a bass, that'd probably be me. But uh, <laughs> I'm like I find the I always find the uncoordinated bass. You know that that just miss. You know that's why you know, with the pop or the, you know, the Rico, at least it has, you know, trebles all over it. So, you know, when they do miss, you occasionally still snag them, but. Um, Something that's worked for me on, on that is like, if I'm working, you know, any of the frogs and they give it a miss and I didn't set the hook, you know, it was a clean miss. I will just kill it. Let it sit mm-hmm. there for right 10 seconds. And then I'll just twitch, 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 and then get it back in motion. And I've had that work a lot. They'll, they'll still be right there in the area. And mm-hmm. they've kind of collected yep. themselves and like, okay, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And then that just little subtle, just tap, tap, tap. And then they're Ooh, back still on there. That. Yep. And then and now w- when he misses again, to hell with that fish. <laughs> I'm done with that fish. <laughs> Me and him are not talking that day. Uh, like you can't that, be that uncoordinated guy. That, uh, that is one thing though, that I've, I've actually heard a lot about uh, a frog fishing in particular is that once you find a fish and get him to explode, then you, you know, you know, He's in there and he's hungry, so odds are you, something you can throw is going to catch him. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't. If you have a good blow up, you know it was a bass. You, you know whether you're in the really sloppy stuff or in the pads, he's staying in that general area. It's not a hit and run. Like they're they just backed back off. Um, give it a second and keep working that area, and chances are they'll bite again. Uh, most times. Uh, just again, because this is just a, you think power fishing and aggressive, like this is like the king of aggressive bass behavior is top water blow up on a frog. I mean, I, I love fishing a buzz bait. I think they hit, hit a frog way different than they go after. A lot of my buzz bait bites is them just slurping it down. Like they will blow straight out of the water after it Mm -hmm. one of my favorite videos and i thought about trying to find it that we could screen share it on here is there's a picture of a guy fishing a frog and they got a camera on it and there's a huge blow up and it is a fish coming out of the air with the frog in its mouth and you're like oh that's cool and then this like seven or eight pounder (laughs) back comes out of the water and it was him that blew the bass out of the water and the bass just got the frog and you're just like Seeing that in person would be like, 
I'd need to go to the doctor. I'd have heart problems after that. Which, uh, I mean, I've seen some crazy blowups that I would love to have go back and be able to set the hook different or react differently. And you're going to get a lot of that. You're also going to catch a lot of species. So be mm-hmm. ready for that. Um, I've never landed a bowfin. I snagged or snagged. I hooked a ridiculous bowfin last year. Um, I thought it was a bass until it went back and record or watched the GoPro footage and realized that when he splashed, I could see his tail and that, and it was a giant bowfin. Uh, I would love to have had that because, uh, apparently this area I'm fishing, a couple of guys have gotten really close to the state record and bowfin out of it. Uh, I'd like to throw my hat in that, but you're going to catch gar like to bust at them. Um, which is kind of terrible because they will tear up your frog. I was just going to say, I know I've heard the same thing about a snakehead, you know, near us, not super near me, but a little Southern in Maryland snakehead is apparently, you know, kind of taken over at certain points. And I've heard that they will massacre a a soft body frog. You know, they chew it up. It's like dead. Yeah. You, you think about throwing one of those like nine, seven to, I don't even know what they cost anymore, but like a spro frog. If I'm throwing a spro and, because the gar bite's usually different. You kind of can tell. Once you do this a little bit, you'll you'll start to be able to tell the that bite was just kind of weird. Probably a gar. Um, both both in. I mean, very closely related to a snakehead. They, it's like a bull shark attacking bait. I mean, they just destroy it. But you still get your heart going because you're like, oh, big fish. But it's usually the wrong species. But the gar, it'll be like a quick just like a snake bite and then your frog's gone. And when I see that, I get out of like, if I'm throwing. Whoop. Did I lose you? You froze up on me, Jimmy. Are you still there? Let's see if he comes back. We'll give him a second to come back. Um, definitely got lots of good info there on frogs guys. So thanks for, uh, if you're tuning in and hung with us for the whole hour and 13 minutes that we're at right now. I I thank you. And um, we'll definitely uh, hope that you guys can take some of these tips and, and get out there. If you, you know, you start hammering them, um, throw it, throw a comment in the, in the show notes and in the comment section and just let me know how you do. I'd love to see some success on frogs. I love to hear people getting hooked on frogs because once you like, like Jimmy was saying, once you experience that blow up, man, it's, you're going to live for it. And, that's what you're going to love to experience. So um, I was looking on um, while Jimmy was talking, I found uh, it was BizBaits. Um, so uh, Sam, my apologies. Uh, I totally forgot, but uh, I remembered and uh, I looked it up and it's called the Pad Daddy uh, by Biz da- BizBaits. That's another, it's a, uh, uh, reminds me a lot of the horny toad that uh, Jimmy was talking about. Um, we'll definitely have, a lot of these frogs that we're talking about linked in the show notes. So you guys can check them out. Um, let's see if Jimmy is dead in the water. He's messaging me. Uh, storms are here. All right. He's going to try and get back in. Jimmy's having some storms in his area. So he warned me that, you know, it, it might uh, knock him out of the, now out of the session here a little bit, but while we're waiting for him to come back. Let me see if I can um, share up my, uh, Pad Daddy. Uh, let's see here. Pad Daddy. There it is. Bizbait's Pad Daddy. Share. So that should. Uh, there you can see the Pad Daddy. That is um, 
the one that Sam Jones got me hooked on. Again, um, you can uh, Texas rig that right through the middle. It has that deep kind of valley that it can sit right in and um, uh, works really good. Uh, Jimmy's coming back in. Hey, he is there. Welcome back, Jimmy. Hey, I found the the uh, bait that Sam Jones told me about. It's Biz Baits Pad Daddy. Can you hear me? Oh, he's he's oh. almost back. Oh, yeah, Biz Do you remember? Baits. Yeah, I forgot yep. all about. So Sam, yeah. Sam Jones uh, got me hooked on those. Yeah, um, I can't. We lose Jimmy again. He's just having some storms in his area. So uh, thanks for hanging in with me, guys. He should be back here shortly. Let me see if I can add him back in. Uh, <clears throat> well, anyway, guys, that is the uh, Pad Daddy uh, from BizBait. So if you're uh, looking for a soft body, or it's a soft plastic frog, actually. It's not hollow. It's it's pretty firm. Um, it does sink, um, so it, 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 it's a lot like the horny toad that Jimmy was talking about there at the beginning. So uh, we'll give Jimmy one second to come back here in here because I want to give him a, a second to shout out his sponsors and every, uh, everything if we can get him back in. Um, but, guys, um, I, always, I forgot about the uh, fantasy fishing uh, with uh, Paddle and Finn. We still have that going on, so if you want to – uh, come in. We're not even through the first quarter yet, so uh, we're going to do all four quarters of the year, uh, prizes for each quarter, as well as an overall uh, prize package, you know, and, and kind of like a championship for that. So if you haven't got uh, a, a team uh, chosen yet, definitely get in there and do that. If you go to paddleandfin.com slash fantasy, you can uh, build your own team. Uh, it's definitely a challenge. This year's a lot harder than um, the last couple of years, uh, the last year, but uh, my team is definitely struggling. Jimmy's back. Storms beat us here, man. I was hoping yeah, yeah. I could hear the thunder. <laughs> I was hoping we were going to beat it, but they got me. But yeah, the Biz Bates ones. Yeah, that's a cool one. Well, while I have you, I want to give you a chance to shout out your uh, sponsors and everything uh, and where folks can find you. Obviously, they can uh, find you uh, on Paddle and Finn uh, as host of The Real Down. That's your show, right? That's it. That's what I thought. So yeah, uh, first one again, paddle and fin. Check us out on the reel down if you like tournament fishing. Uh, our shows post on Wednesday mornings at six on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, me and Dan Perry are kind of back at it together. Uh, so be sure to check us out if you want to follow me. I've been kind of dormant on it, but I'm getting back to it uh, at Down South Kayak Fishing on Instagram. Uh, I've been kind of backlogging a lot of stuff, so I'm about to get back to posting a bunch of content on that. Um, Thinking about starting to add stuff to my YouTube, but that's just a lot of work. Uh, and I already don't have time. <laughs> but uh, real quick, shout out to my sponsors. Uh, you know, big one, uh, Music City Outdoors in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I work with them and I direct their pro team. Uh, we got a bunch of great guys and it's a really good shop support system. They really take care of us. So I appreciate them. Um, Yak Gadget, you know, another great one. Love all his gear. Um, have tons of his stuff. If you're looking for a good crate, check out his XD crates. Um, I love my XD crate for sure. I can't not like I've debated on like, sometimes I'll want to go out and not take a lot of gear, 
but I end up taking <laughs> a lot of gear because I love the crate, the rod holders, the angled storage. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, uh, I can't, I just can't see paying the crazy money for a black pack when that works so much better in my opinion, you know? Yeah. I mean the new black pack that's coming out, is pretty cool, but you know, at the time my dog is over here panting like crazy. I'm sorry if y'all can hear that. <laughs> he don't like storms. So he's freaking out. Um, yeah, the Yag Gadget Crate's just, it's it's the best. Um, other other sponsors, uh, Dobbins Fishing Rods, um, like I said in the show, they have uh, plenty of different lines of rods uh, from like, I think it's a $69 or $79 series up to, you know, $450. Bucks. Uh, give, them a, give them a check. I highly recommend the Dobbins Fury 735 Frog and Rod uh, if you're fishing in any kind of heavy cover. Um, bending branches, uh, stayed on with them this year. Love their paddles. Just got my new one. I won in the raffle, the, uh, copperhead angler, uh, angler pro, I think is what it's called. Uh, I should probably know that, but I, was that the really pretty one that I saw on Facebook? Isn't that one? Yeah. The red one. Yeah. Yeah. That's their new pattern for this year. They did a little in-house raffle. Um, it was kind of like how they picked what color to go with. We did surveys and did a lot of answering questions and they picked a bunch of names and uh, I was one of the ones that got the paddle. So it's, it was awesome, but just got that in perfect for Creek fishing. Um, so huge shout out to them. Great company, great backstory on them. Uh, bio power, you know, I'm running a motor setup on one of my kayaks. Now the hundred amp hour, 12 volt lithium. It's killer. I mean, I, we were doing, or I say we, I was doing 10 miles a day on, uh del hollow when we were all down there minimum never had a problem with the battery i've never had a problem with any of his batteries i use his 30 amp hour um battery to run my graph and lights and stuff like that they are all fantastic um to give them a check out bioeno power out of california um new canoe i i can't can't skip out on new canoe i've been with new canoe for a few years now um just got a little promotion back up to uh regional staff uh they did some changes in how the team dynamics work, but uh, I'm back on regional staff for the central team. Uh, South is it South Central? I think it's just Central. <laughs> I'm on the team. Uh, holler at me if you need any info on New Canoe. But uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. But shout them out later if I can. I guess I can't think of it. I haven't had to shout my sponsors out in a long time, so it's <laughs> kind of on the well, spot. If you think of it, definitely let me know and I can throw it in the show notes uh, for sure. And that'll be, we'll get them some coverage that way. So, yeah. If anybody is listening to this show, that's any involved with any of these frog companies that would like to help a guy out with a frog addiction, <coughs> I'm your guy. Me, me and Sean, we'll, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, Jimmy. Well, thank you again so much for coming on and, uh, you know, spilling all your frog knowledge. That was tons and tons of good info. Uh, it's got me jonesing to get back out on the water. And, and uh, I finally have a heavy rod. That was the, the kind of the last piece of my frogging setup that I didn't have all, all of last year. And then Brian uh, 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 went through him and got hooked up with a Douglas rod. Uh, finally, I have a heavy rod now. So um, I'm looking forward to, to trying a lot more this year. So, Heck yeah. Are you a... Uh... What about that uh, one Douglas rod that's sitting on the bottom of Del Hollow? <laughs> <laughs> that was not a heavy rod. and That was a, uh, a heavy enough rod. to go to the bottom. <laughs> it, yeah, 
pretty quick. So I, I just got shipping notification that Brian got his reel today. So Brian, nice. I hope you're enjoying that uh, Daiwa reel. Uh, and uh, hopefully Douglas will hook you up and get the uh, get a new rod back in your hands. Because, uh, yeah, nothing made me sadder. Uh, I, I was on a high because I caught my PB on Saturday. And then Sunday was just crap because and topped it off by losing one of Brian's best rods. So even the rod he handed me and he's like, Hey, use this rod, but it, it's my favorite rod for never eating. So don't, don't mess it up. And, uh, I sent it to the bottom of the, yeah, you're like, Oh yeah, <laughs> straight down the bottom. You go. <laughs> so, but yes. Yeah, so, um, hopefully, uh, he is enjoying that or, or soon to be enjoying that, uh, the Daiwa reel and the honey rod. But, um, I will hopefully be putting my Douglas heavy rod to work, uh, catching some frogfish this year. So guys, uh, thanks for hanging with us, uh, tonight and, um, uh, make sure I'll make sure to put, uh, a lot of the frogs we talked about in the show notes. So if you, uh, want to shop for them, um, you know, definitely check that out below. And, uh, as always, uh, thank you for guys for watching the Bass Fishing for Noobs uh, segment where we bring you the techniques, the tricks and the tips to help you work more lips. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.